Much of the raw material from the paper industry comes from tree plantations, especially in warm climates. Does that mean then that biodiversity is at risk? Or can biodiversity actually be benefited from responsible and sustainable tree plantations? And what is a responsible tree plantation? Welcome to Renewable Future, a podcast from the renewable materials company Store Enso. In studio today, Antti Mariacorpi, Head of Forest Plantations and Land Use Sustainability at Store Enso. And also joining us from a studio on the other side of the world, Canberra, Australia, to be exact, is Professor Peter Kanowski from the Australian National University. Very welcome to the programme. I'm going to go straight into it when it comes to tree plantations and biodiversity. In my head, if you've got a big tree plantation, it's a monoculture and there's not much biodiversity going on. Is that the case, Auntie? Uh, the impact of biodiversity depend on where and how the plantations are established. So basically, what land use the plantation is, uh, replaces. There are examples, for example, degraded lands uh, where the impacts to biodiversity are minimal or can be even positive. And, and then very much it depends also how the plantation is established and managed. It can be done well or less well. Would you agree with that, Professor Kanowski? Uh, I do agree with that. Biodiversity is a complex phenomenon. We think about the diversity of life at levels from the gene itself in an individual organism uh, through multiple levels from ecosystems and uh, landscapes. Certainly the case that the level of an individual stand of plantation trees, biodiversity can be limited. So uh, there isn't an easy answer to that simple question. Maybe we should back it, uh, back the tape a little bit and, and ask the question, but what exactly then is a tree plantation and, and what is a natural forest and, and, and what's a planted forest and what are all the different bits in between? Do you want to say something about that, Peter? We tend to use the word natural forest to describe forests that are little impacted by people. Um, That's a bit of a simplification, but broadly speaking, that's how we think about them. We might think about natural forests that have been impacted significantly. Uh, For example, trees have been harvested or rural trees have been converted to farmland. And so we have different levels of uh, disturbance of those natural forests. The next point on the spectrum might be forests that are planted. And some of those forests might be longstanding and they might look a lot to the naive observer like a natural forest and at the far end of that spectrum we have what most people think of as tree plantations uh, and they're stands of trees that are usually of a single species in a single age and uh, planted and managed intensively uh, to produce a particular product. When we look at the Nordic region in, in Sweden and in, in Finland, most people see the trees around them as, a, as like a natural forest but perhaps they're a tree plantation or, or, or what's the situation there? Yeah, actually, we don't call them tree plantations, uh, but uh, managed semi-natural forests. And the reason is that uh, their characteristics resemble more natural forests than plantations. For example, their structure is different. We have several species, several uh, layers there and so on. And regeneration is uh, also different. Although they often uh, include a planted component, there is still uh, a lot of natural regeneration which takes place. 
and uh, therefore they clearly resemble more natural forests than, than plantations. If we looked at, at tree plantations in their most sort of extreme form and, and, and this question of biodiversity, you mentioned at the start that yes, you can have more or less biodiversity. I mean, wh- what, what's a good example then of a, of, a, of a tree plantation where the biodiversity is still rich despite the fact that this is a tree plantation? Yes, actually, uh, we need to approach this uh, issue on a landscape scale. So within the same landscape, there is a mosaic of intensively managed areas, uh, so-called plantation blocks. And then at the same area, we have uh, protected areas uh, and areas perhaps for restoration and so on. So it's uh, it's a lot of question of about the plantation design, how the plantation is designed. And uh, it is possible to make so that it enhances biodiversity in the regional or, or landscape scale. And Peter, perhaps you've got some examples then of you know, of good cases then of a, of a tree plantation that actually is working in in this way on, on the landscape scale. We talked before about how biodiversity is a complex phenomena. Biodiversity is not evenly distributed across landscapes. It is concentrated, uh, particular sorts of biodiversity, particular species, particular complexes of species, concentrated in some parts of the landscape and not in others. We can retain and conserve much of the biodiversity that occurs in landscapes if we understand those patterns and understand how to manage changes in land use and manage the different components of the landscape in ways that are sympathetic to biodiversity. So that's an absolutely critical first step. And there's been a lot of progress uh, globally in the last decade in identifying the principles that are most important in implementing what's called a landscape approach. We can also enhance biodiversity within uh, the matrix of planted forests, within the stands of trees of planted forests in a number of ways. Uh, Sometimes we can do that by the choice of tree species. Australia, where I'm from, in uh, the state of Queensland, we've got significant areas of native species that are grown in plantations, uh, grown like other plantations, but they have much higher levels of biodiversity than plantations of exotic species. Lots that we can do in our management of plantations as well as in our design of them to enhance rather than diminish biodiversity. Like what are the key factors to be thinking about, though, then when you're, when you're designing a, a plantation? The general terms that we think about sustainability. So we think about the economic dimensions of the activity, plantations in this case. We think about uh, their environmental impacts, which can be positive and negative. We think about their social impacts, which can also be positive and negative. And lots of the criticism of tree plantations in the global south has come from uh, experience and perceptions that uh, the interests of local people, uh, people who might have some rights over the landscape that plantations are established in, that those rights uh, haven't been given sufficient weight. Lots of criticism of companies for that over the last 20 years and I think that been, there's now as a result of that criticism much greater recognition in particular countries and globally about how important it is to first of all identify and secondly give appropriate recognition to uh, the rights of indigenous people, the rights of traditional users, 
the rights of poorer people in society who often in rural areas depend on access to land for their livelihood. So what's happening at Stora Enso then? What are you guys doing to ensure sustainable tree plantations and, and making sure not just biodiversity is good, but the entire sustainable operations? Yeah, as Peter mentioned, all these three dimensions of uh, sus- sustainability, economic, environmental and social are taken into account. And that's extremely important. And uh, also having the holistic view so that um, plantations are d- developed in the local land use context so that the operations are adjusted to the local circumstances. And I would say that um, also the long-term view is important because um, plantations are a long-term investment. What about agricultural land? Is it not competing with agricultural land when you start looking at uh, at tree plantations? Well, this competition uh, may happen in some some cases, but normally uh, plantations are established on lands which are less productive and many governments have, for example, the uh, land use planning systems in place where certain areas are allocated for tree growing, some for food production and so on. But there is one issue which is important uh, and, and development is the land use integration where we can integrate uh, food production and tree growing and wood production in the same areas. And Peter, all the way over there in Australia, are you seeing examples as well of doing that, of a, of a mix of agriculture and forestry, where maybe they're both helping each other rather than hindering each other? Yeah, I agree with Auntie that there's a lot of potential um, in that um, combination of land uses. And indeed, there's a lot of research uh, globally, some of it led by the World Agroforestry Centre based in Nairobi, that explores those systems. I think it's fair to say that they haven't been developed Uh, on a commercial scale as strongly as they might. They've arisen sort of organically in some places. So uh, one of the best examples I know is in Thailand, where they're um, a large uh, pulp and paper industry that's based entirely on eucalypt trees that farmers, whose main income is derived from growing rice, uh, grow the uh, a small number, relatively small number of eucalypts each on the buns around their paddy fields, and they do that without any adverse impact on their rice production. But they also get uh, a eucalypt crop after three or four years that they sell to pulp and paper mills that depend entirely on that uh, source of trees for their resource. Stora Enso itself is undertaking some quite innovative work in southern Laos, where it's exploring those sorts of production systems and we've seen them developed by farmers in countries like Australia but not really to a scale uh, that's necessary to uh, be the the resource base for large wood-based industries and so I think uh, the challenge for us in the decade ahead is to diversify the ways that we think about and uh, develop and manage plantation forests so that we strike the sort of balance that you were discussing with Auntie. Uh, We do need to sustain food production. And uh, in countries like Australia, where um, the way we farm the landscape is not sustainable, restoring trees to the landscape to sustain crop and animal production over the long term is actually a very important part of uh, developing sustainable farming systems. So there's a a farming imperative as well as a a wood production imperative to achieve that. So if we're smart about landscape planning and we're smart about the way that we think of restoring trees to the landscape, we can get gains for wood production, we can get gains for agriculture, 
and we can get gains for biodiversity and ecosystem services. Conversely, if we're not smart about how we do that, we can uh, impact adversity on all of those. So we need to be thinking and acting smart. Here's a question about about rainforests in particular, because this it's kind of in the heads of, of uh, members of the public in general that you know the forestry companies are responsible for cutting down rainforests. And I mean, is there any truth in that, or or has that been the case, or or what's the story, Andy? Well, great majority of plantation companies operate responsible responsibly nowadays. Uh, conversion of uh, native forests, unfortunately, still happens in some parts of the world, uh, but it's mostly caused by the agricultural sector, uh, conversion to the uh, fields, agricultural fields, or or pasture for cattle. So historically, we have to acknowledge that uh, forestry companies, amongst others, have been responsible for uh, the loss of rainforests. But as Auntie said, that ceased uh, almost universally, not quite universally, but almost. Uh, And so the commitments that Uh, major consumer good companies like Nestle, for example, have been making to zero net deforestation and to deforestation-free supply chains are really important commitments that parallel commitments that the responsible forestry companies have made to ensure that the plantations they establish displacing uh, aren't being converted from from natural forest. There's also a question about the binding of CO2. Is there a difference with how effective tree plantations are in, in binding carbon compared to natural forests? The carbon sequestration of uh, forests depends on very much on the forest types and uh, depends on the native forest types and depends on the plantation type. But I think important here is that um, plantations, when, when they are managed well, the trees are growing fast and they bind carbon fast and this carbon is stored in the products and the storage of course depends on the products and and their long activity. Uh, When the carbon is released then back to the atmosphere when the products are used again or decaying then the carbon is bound again by or sequestered again by the trees. So this is like a green engine. Um, Plantations like other forms of forests are a green engine They're a very important part of uh, the way we need to respond to climate change. They're a complement, not a substitute for natural forests. Natural forests have very relatively high uh, standing carbon stocks. We need to protect those just as we need to protect their biodiversity. And Peter, from your research, when we just sort of look 10 years down the road, as you were saying, it it, it could go either way. You've mentioned, I mean, if you do this well, it could, we could really improve things. If you do it in the, conversely, if you don't do it well, we could be, it could be quite damaging. How optimistic are you for the future? So looking to the future, I am optimistic. I've been working on plantation forests for 20 years or so as an academic. Uh, When I began, I felt that the sorts of issues that we're talking about now were really not part of the mainstream discourse. They were seen as being concerns of uh, academics and conservationists. That's not the case now. The sorts of issues we're talking about are recognised by any responsible tree plantation company as being uh, significant and central to their business and uh, conducting their business in a socially and environmentally, environmentally responsible manner is also seen by most companies as being central to their to their success. Auntie, optimistic about the future? Definitely so. As Peter said, we, we need different solutions in different places, and I think we have a good solution in our hands towards the low 
carbon economy in the future. Anti Maria Corpi, Peter Kanowski, thanks very much for joining me. You've been listening to Renewable Future from the Renewable Materials Company, Store Enso.